So how's everybody this week? We're partying over here. Yeah. All right, can y'all hear me? Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. Give me one second. Let me um Bad problem. My dogs won't stop taking things outside. What is the deal with that? You can't let your dog outside anymore. So yeah, I've started closing the door because like, we have a doggy door or whatever. And they're just taking all this trash. And you know, we live on a golf course, so like everyone that drives by, we, we live on like our backyard is in the you know facing the golf course. Everybody that drives by is like, oh my god, look at that terrible house. What kind of trash are they bringing outside? Just anything they can find. I don't know what the deal is. I think they're, like, upset about something. <laughs> mm, not feeling well. No, they're, like, mad we're not. Look at him. <laughs> they're just being mean. Yeah. This is Louie. Hey. Hey, Louie. They're terrible. Yeah. I like your, 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 stately, uh, your stately study that you're – Broadcasting yeah, yeah before oh, you start before you started moving i thought that was real <laughs> first and when you started moving it was yeah this is my west wing of my house yeah no this is from carolina they they created these little things videos that go in the background of zoom huh i wonder if i wonder if east carolina did that with like you know a rundown frat house <laughs> Chico's. Yeah. Um, we should do one for the rant. That's a, that is a fantastic idea. We could just do like scenes around Sanford, you know? Ooh, Sanford zooms. Yeah. Like, like, uh, the Prince downtown motel. <laughs> the pond. What's that? Is it the pond? What's the, Palomino. The Palomino, yeah. Yeah. As as I got as I was editing and preparing last week's podcast for publication, I got uh word of the sad news of the passing of Lee County Commissioner Kevin Dodson from from COVID nineteen. And I figure that that's worth addressing on the podcast. Kevin was a uh, Kevin was a good guy. He was an interesting political figure. He uh, was elected as a Republican and switched parties and took a lot of heat for that. And then he, he ran for sheriff and that created an interesting race, a heated race for, for sheriff in 2018. But uh, Kevin was a nice guy. He always, uh, when I was working elections, even on the other side of him, he always, he was always friendly and respectful and it's sad to hear that somebody like that passes. And it's, 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 it's crazy to see the reaction from people you know, when it's an unknown person, everybody's like, oh, well, is it really COVID or is it something else? But when it's a person that people know, a public figure, the, the reaction seems a lot different. And I think maybe it it drives it home for people. And we've talked about yeah. this in the past, you know, that, you know, when there's not a face on it, it's a little more difficult for a lot of people to take it as seriously. But I think this one 
drove it home for a lot of people. And, you know, what's even uh, what adds to it, you know, since he passed away last week, there, there were two, two more deaths from COVID yesterday in Lee County. So wow. I think it's still going. So did I read correctly that COVID was the country's leading cause of death? Yeah, I saw that. Or I think maybe it was a month or a week or something like that. But for the first time in a long, long time, it was, um, you know, uh, heart failure was not, or, you know, heart disease was not the leading cause of death in this country. And that's that's, uh, considerable news. I still see a lot of people on my various, you know, social media uh, feeds who still use the word pandemic, which, you know, come on, we're, we're months beyond that is, using that word. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be, it's now it's scamdemic. Yeah. But I still see people who, and I think some of these people have even had it and maybe they didn't have it, you know, maybe it was for them barely flu like symptoms and it didn't really do much to them. And so suddenly, you know, well, you know, well, hell, I survived it, and it didn't do nothing to me, so it, it must not be bad. It's just, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I think when this is all said and done, you know, not only will the last four years have brought out, I think, the worst in a lot of people, but I think this this uh, um, this pandemic has has really, I, you know, I and I don't want to because it's a large group of people who believe this, but it really has, I can't, shown a light on, I, I'm going to say it, the, the ignorance <laughs> in this country. We are, we are a country that is on the cutting edge of robotics. We're on the, we're the country that's on the cutting edge of vaccines and gene therapy. And we're creating supercomputers and self-driving cars. And, and we are, Beaming you know, technology. we, we are learning at rates that were unimaginable 50, 60, 100 years ago. And yet we still have people in this population who, who think wearing a mask is going to make them sicker or <laughs> who, you know, we just, it's just the ignorance is, is painful. <laughs> it's just so painful and, and I'm tired of it. And uh, I just wanted to go away. That's all. That's that's my Christmas wish. That's what I, I went and saw Santa Claus this week, and uh, um, that's what I asked for 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 the ignorance to go away. And oh, 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 I'm I can't do that, Billy. And I said, well, can't do that, little buddy. So and he, and he gave me an etch a sketch. <laughs> do, do you know why the Do you know why the mall Santa um, couldn't sit down after his photo shoot? Uh, is this a joke? He was developing Polaroids. Yeah, we should. So have y'all? So y'all went to look at Christmas? I mean, it's Christmas Santa. I wanted to say one other thing, and and I didn't mean to to use um, Kevin's uh, passing as as a um, to to go off on you know on, on just the pandemic and all that. I did not know Kevin Dodson very well. Um, I did want to know Gordon um, uh, politically. Uh, he ran against Tracy Carter more than once. Is am I right? No, no, just the one time, 2018. Okay. And was his was his um, switch in party affiliations? Was it mostly due to his want, wanting to run for sheriff, or do you think there it was more than that? 
I don't think that that at the time was a driver of his switching parties. His stated reason for switching parties in 2017 was that he was tired of being told by Republican leadership how to vote on on uh, incentive packages. Well, good for him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we have Republicans in this county that drove a lot of people to Democrats. So, <laughs> good for him. So, it's interesting you say that about, or you asked if he'd ran just once, because I always got him mixed up with Kevin Bryant, who ran. Hey, yeah, okay. Yeah. I knew. I, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was Kevin Bryant was Tracy's was opponent in 2006, the yeah. first time he won. That's how long we've been here. And we don't know right. the details, you know, all the details. I know you you guys knew Kevin Dodson and Gordon, um, um, and I know you know people uh, close to him. Um, but I'm just basing this off of social media. He he battled COVID for for over a month or nearly a month. I, I you know this was yeah. a this wasn't a um, a quick thing for him. He battled it for a while, and, and there were a lot of ups and downs from what I saw. You know, three weeks ago, two weeks ago. We had people that were asking for prayers and, you know, saying he wasn't doing well. And, and after a week or so of that, maybe you start thinking, well, the worst hasn't happened. Maybe he's turned a corner, but it looks like he, it looked like, you know, he battled it for a long time. And uh, that's just, it's gotta be tough on the family that, you know, while he's doing this, they really can't be around him, I guess. Right. Um, So that had to be tough on them. So yeah, my my thoughts go out to to his family and and it's like you guys said we've had what 33 now 34 30, now 34 deaths in this county and I think we know like we know of maybe four or five of them but I think publicly we've only written about two of them and uh um you know everybody who's died has gone through something similar like this. Uh, I think Kevin's on the younger age range of of people that um, that did not survive it, but still, it's uh, it's rough. Wear your mask. Yeah, That's be all. safe. Be safe. All right. So our guest this week is uh, Jenny Harris, who is. Lee County's new uh, director of elections. Um, thanks for coming on, Jenny. Thanks for having me, Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> so we just thought with it, it's funny, I'd email you uh, a couple of weeks after the election thinking that you guys were, you know, wrapping up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, you still had a whole a whole lot of stuff to do, even in a county where, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of um, contentiousness surrounding the, the results. Mm-hmm. Um can you talk about that a little bit? Just what your job has been like the last couple of months and the things that you do that the public maybe isn't aware of? Um, well, as you're, you know, we have the recount that's going on right now. Um, it's a statewide, so all the counties have to actually participate in it. Um, after every election, we have to actually go through and hand-eye recount um, a sample of our precincts um, with the bipartisan team. So even after that, if results are too close in a certain race, then we have to do a recount of all of the ballots um, where we put them back through the machines. Um, And right now, because um, 
they're allowed to, they have also requested a hand-eye recount of a sample of um, our precincts. So we just finished that up this morning, actually, and everything balanced perfectly. Wow, well, that's good. So, really <laughs> so I have a question about recounts. Um, yeah. uh, are, are they simply, you take them and you put them back through the machines? Or when you say hand-eye, are they, do you have people that are, um, that are, doing this by hand, like by hand and mm -hmm. every single ballot, because I can't imagine how long that must take. <laughs> it would take a long time. Um, so our initial audit that we have to do after every election um, is normally about two precincts. And that one is hand-eye recount, but it's a certain contest on each one. So like for this one, because the president was part of um, the race and it was actually that contest that they did a hand-eye recount. Um, the larger recount that we did was where they will actually run them back through the machines. And that will be every single ballot um, that we run back through just to make sure that um, the results match um, the initial results from election day in one stop. Um, so, yeah. I'm sorry. Nathan? So the, the recount you're talking about, is that the judicial race or yeah, the state one? Mm -hmm. Now, when you do a statewide recount like that, do you count the other races or just that one race? So it's just that one. Um, okay. But when we do the full recount where we run all the ballots back through, um, it's it's always, we always make sure that everything balanced the same too. So okay. just to make sure. So how glad were you that we didn't have a, a Pennsylvania or Georgia type situation this year? <laughs> oh, I mean, we kind of did. Not, not, you know, not as bad, but um, I think because it went in Trump's favor, he didn't, he didn't, um, uh, you know, we haven't been as scrutinized, I guess, but it was close though, right? <laughs> yeah, I, th I think they had a lot of issues surrounding our absentees because there were so many this time. Yeah. But you were pretty, I guess you were pretty excited that you didn't have to face that kind of scrutiny, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my, my heart goes out to those, those people because that's a lot of work. So this was your first, um, your first election as a, a director of elections, but you've, you've worked in, in election offices in the past, right? I have. I have. I actually just came from Harnett County. Okay. In the department there. Um, how do you get into that type of work, and, and what sort of uh, like training and education does it require? Well, it's not something that people normally grow up saying, I want to work in elections. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I actually started as an election worker, just a normal poll worker, helping out mm -hmm. in 2016. Um, and then I, I just kind of fell in love with the process because um, then you get to you get to help people get their voice heard and sure. when you see people light up like like that um, it's very rewarding but so I actually started in the in the office as like an admin assistant um, there in Harnett County and they had an opening okay. and then I went to election technicians did you ever want to get into politics yourself or did you like just being on the, on the, uh, on this side of it? Yeah. I like being on this side of it. Um, I'm not big on the, the politics of it, but. 
Well, it's got to be yeah. satisfying to be a part of, you know, how the, the process actually unfolds mm-hmm. without regard to, you know, one side or the other. Yeah. Well, it's a lot more to it than I thought when I originally I went into elections. Um, yeah. What are some things that people just have no idea about that, that you all deal with, but for the rest of us, it's just showing up and filming some bubbles and leaving? Um, well, there's a lot that actually goes into the whole planning because we have to train um, about 200 election workers right before the election. Um, our registration rolls that we use, we have to keep up throughout the year. So we actually get reports of anybody that passes away or does, you know, um, gets charged with a felony. Um, and then we have to constantly monitor those. With the larger elections like this one, we uh, were very, very busy processing all the mail that was coming in. They were coming in in buckets this time. Um, So that kept us really busy for this. Um, And then you have to deal with all the logistical issues that come with getting all the supplies out the day before and getting everything back in the day after and then auditing. So do you think that, um, you mentioned that, uh, you know, this year was so different with the absentee ballots. Do you Mm -hmm. think that going forward that would continue? I mean, is the toothpaste out of the tube now or do they, do you expect it to go back to normal the next race? I expect it to go um, closer to normal. I know that there's going to be some people that realize just how easy doing it by mail is um, now and it's just as safe as doing it in person, but um, a lot of people just love doing it in person. I think if they're able to without yeah. the, all the COVID next time. Do you, t- do you take, I guess, a look at, you know, the future of voting? Because we've talked about on this podcast, like, why can't you vote online? Why can't you vote over a weekend type things? Do you see changes like that in the future? So they're constantly changing. Um I think every single election, especially the larger ones, um, there's always been some changes to our one-stop laws that we have to abide by. Um, And I do foresee online. I just don't know when it's going to be, because I know that there's a lot more options for, say, military that are overseas that we can afford them. Um, But for security purposes, it's always better in person. Yeah, to have a paper, paper. Having that paper ballot, yeah. We had, uh, this was, this last election was a a big turnout, obviously everywhere, but North Carolina was, you know, statewide had, had big voting numbers. What did it, what did it look like for Lee County? Um, So Lee County did actually really, really well. I was really impressed by everybody that showed up um, because we did about 75% of our registered voters. Wow, um, and I know it doesn't sound like much, but it's it is substantial for um, any county, really. I think in 2016, which is our next you know, previous largest one that we did, um, they only got 71 percent out. So, and that's still a huge turnout. It is. That is. That's. I mean, that's really really big. And you know, the funny thing is, is you would pivot next year to these municipal elections that are coming up. And I know it's, it's going to be a much smaller turnout just because it's, it's city only and, and Broadway only, but you won't see those percentages 
mm-hmm. in in these in these off year races. Why why do you think that is? I think more people just turn out for the larger mm-hmm. contests that are on the ballots. Um, unfortunately, because a lot of the the smaller contests are actually more of your local, which have more impact on you as well. Um, yeah, but um, it gets more publicity for the larger ones. Sure. A lot of people have, uh, I mean, a lot of people talking about uh, voter fraud and um, rigging elections. And I know you can only speak to what you've seen in Harnett and in Lee County, but in your years, in your position, have you witnessed any attempts at election rigging or, um, or anything large scale? Or have you even seen a, a lot of people who try to maybe vote twice or, you know, felons who are trying to vote. Do you, do you, have you seen a lot of that in, in your, in your years of doing this? I have not. Um, there are so many checks and balances within the system that we never, um, it never is a very common thing that you will see. Um, what, what do you see? Like if there is any, um, people who try to, you know, skirt the system somehow, what, what have you seen? So actually we did have in Lee County where somebody that was um, currently serving a sentence for a felony um, voted during one stop. Um, But once we got that, it alerted us in the system that there was a match. So we actually were able to go in there um, and on one stop ballots, if y'all voted one stop, you'll notice that they write an application number at the top in the little box. Um, so that gives us the ability that if it gets challenged, um, like we did with the felon, um, we actually did it in a public meeting and we withdrew his ballot. So his votes were deducted from it. So he didn't actually get his vote. Is well, is there and any I'm kind of sorry, Gordon? Can I follow up real sure. quick, just to, just to follow up on that? Then, so and not to not to I don't want you to come off you know, on either side or political in any way. But when you hear nationally of uh, allegations of large scale fraud and and things like that, you're the best person we can ask locally on on your thoughts on that. Uh, is it a legitimate claim? You think, or do you think it's it's a um, a party that is you know, doing what it can to try to overturn an election? Um, That's a tough question, but. (laughs) I'm going to have to turn around this one. Um, No, so I think it's a common concern for people um, because they don't see the background processes with it, that it's just something that everybody worries is going to happen or does happen. But with technology nowadays, there's really hardly any way to do it because there's so many checks and balances between, um, like, we get, we audit the sites and the state audits us afterwards, and then everything we do is public, and we get public records requests throughout the year. And whether so, people and whether people in your position are Republican or Democrat, their answers to these allegations have been down the line. Yeah. Throughout this past month, you know, where it doesn't matter which side politically they're on, they say what you're saying there that we have not seen it. We, you know, this it would be really hard to do this, and so yeah, it would. Um, 
And so I, I, I imagine you probably feel for them when you see, uh, when you see, you know, them having to constantly answer these questions. Yeah. Well, we, we've gotten a lot of calls and, and concerned people that just want to know a little bit more about the process, um, which is totally understandable. That's why we're here is to just kind of help them through that. They get to see it. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel for the people that have to publicly um, battle that. So with, um, with 2020 mostly over, I won't say over, but mostly over, um, and you looking toward the municipal elections next year, mm-hmm. what, um, what sorts of things are you guys doing when things go to go back to quote unquote normal? Like, what do you, what do you do in January and February when there's not an election on the immediate horizon? What, what are your jobs like at, at that time? So, um, that's our, our favorite time of year. I'm sure. <laughs> Um, so that's actually the best time for us to, um, get all the stuff back clean and pack everything back up, get everything ready. Um, and then we are constantly updating everything. So like all of the forms that we do, cause there's always a way to improve. Um, so sure. we use that time to get everything in line and make our improvements so that we can be ready for the municipal. Because once the municipals come, that following December starts filing, and then it's the primary and then the general. So there's really little time to get everything prepared for right. that whirlwind. And what offices are up in in next year's in next year's municipal elections? Um, I'd actually have to look. I haven't. Um, I haven't gotten to that yet. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's Sanford City Council and, and Broadway Town Council, right? Right. Yeah. It's just those two. Um, so we're looking looking forward to that. Um, and that the filing doesn't start until July. Yeah, um, and and I was confused about that because you you mentioned it that the filing for 2022 will be in December of next year, but the municipal <laughs> filing schedule is not on that same track. Yeah, it's not. And I've had a lot of questions about that. So the municipals, like the city and town elections, their filing always falls in that July, right before. Uh Um, And then when you get into the primaries and generals for the larger statewide, then they do those in December. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, is there anything else? I think we've taken up enough of your time, but is there anything else that you, uh, that you would want to say or let the public know that they maybe don't, um, that they, you know, don't know about voting and the elections office? Um, I just want to put it out there that we are here. So if anybody does ever have questions or concerns, just bring them to us, let us address them um, so that we can educate you. I'll even show you through to the machine so you can see what, you know, everything goes on. Sure. Um, I have no problems with that. Well, and what's the best way for, you can tell people where to, where and how to reach you. Yeah. So um, you can always email us if that's easier. At, um, elections at leecountync.gov. Um, we are actually in the process this coming spring of moving to a new location Hopefully, if everything works out. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're going to move closer to the courthouse. Okay. Where the um, probation is. Okay. So it, that's going to be another process that we'll be hopefully doing in the springtime. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, they can always give us a call or we are here from eight to five in the office. Um, and we are taking COVID precautions. If anybody does want to come in person um, to 225 South Steel Street. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jenny. And um, we'll talk yeah. to you again soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So speaking of Christmas jokes, I heard you. <laughs> so it's changed to a lighter topic. What uh, what do you call Santa Claus in the air fryer? Um, Polaroids. <laughs> Chris, Chris Crinkle. Oh, oh! I thought it was going to have something to do with convection. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> We have any more? Who else has one? Anyone? Um, um, I do not have it confirmed. I have not seen it yet with my own eyes, but I'm told that Kirk Smith was made chairman of the board of the Lee County Board of Commissioners last night. So how about that? <laughs> Uh, was it a longevity thing or I don't know. I, I didn't attend the meeting or watch it, but yeah, it's time. I, it's time for Billy to run. Well, I mean, okay. Kirk doesn't like us. So it's not like we're, <laughs> we're going to say anything um, offensive here, but <laughs> I don't think based on the, the decisions Kirk Smith has made in the past and the um, things that he's done, involving um mock united nations and you know the 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 peanut butter sandwich jelly sandwich scandal i just don't think he has the um i don't i don't think he can put aside his very strong very controversial opinions and beliefs and effectively run a board of commissioners I'll just say I'd, li that. I'd like to see it happen, but I don't think he can do it. I think um, we're in for a a strange chairmanship here. Yeah, six months, five, six, seven months ago, somewhere in that range, there were people in front of the board of commissioners, you know, demanding that he be held accountable for uh, things that he said and wrote that were widely perceived as as racist. And, you know, that's not a good position for anybody to be in, but uh, to make that person chairman of your, uh, to, to, to put that person in, in, in the leadership role of your board, it's, uh, it's pretty wild to me. Yeah, but I don't know, you know, um, it's like, uh, I think one of you said it last week, um, the Republicans have railed and railed and railed and railed against incentives and then when they um when they suddenly became you know the the majority vote or um when the big decision finally fell on their shoulders they went ahead and unanimous unanimously approved um 
the incentives for for new potential businesses coming to Sanford. So maybe it's easy for Kirk to be the the um, the voice of uh, objection and to be um, you know the sort of off the wall guy when it doesn't when the responsibility isn't on him. You know, it, it's easy to be that that objectionist when you're the only one, but now when you have to lead it, you know, maybe we'll see some, uh, a different uh, leadership style from him. We'll see. We'll see. So, yeah. Hey, um, this is something that's interesting in Sanford. So uh, we usually go get a live Christmas tree in town um, the first week of December. I know a lot of people do it the weekend after Thanksgiving. Um, some people even do it before, but we usually do it the first week of, weekend of December, and we always go to Griffin's Evergreens on Broadway Road, kind of where Broadway Road meets um, NC42. Um, and we've been going there for, I guess, the past 10 years, and he always brings in about, every year he brings in about 300, 350 Fraser furs from Western North Carolina, and uh, we've always you know, we've always thought he's had really quality trees. He, we usually get about a six footer, seven footer, but he has like eight to 10 foot trees there. And, wow. uh, and they're a good price too. Like you can get a, a six to seven foot, eight foot tree from like 50 to 55, $60. So it's just I mean, a good tree. It's just a good tree. So anyway, we, we go there this year. Is this a and, commercial? Um, this no, no, no. Well, this podcast is fun. No. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter if we're sponsoring him because of the point of the story here is we went there this year, same day on Saturday. And uh, usually when we get there, he still has hundreds in stock. He was down to eight trees. Nice. For this year. And we asked um, one of the workers there what, what was going on. And he said, yeah, he had 320, 330 trees this year. And usually every year he hopes to sell out by Christmas. Like he'll drop the price on that final weekend. And, you know, you'll have people that wait to the last minute and whatever. Um, but yeah, he sold out this week and uh, we asked why. And um, I think there's, there's several reasons there. One of them, uh, there's another major Christmas tree um, uh, provider here in Sanford that uh, was um, that had their, their stock wiped out this year. And I think it was from a hurricane or something, but um but anyway, yeah. So if you're if you're waiting till this weekend to find a Fraser fir in Sanford, um, good luck because uh, they are they are going fast. Yeah, I noticed that this the supply at the old Jackson Brothers was kind of down too. I guess they have the same thing going on. I guess people just want some Christmas cheer this year because this year has sucked. So. So are you guys a uh, uh, an artificial or a real tree family? We had a real tree for like the first seven years. We were, well, not the same tree, but we we got a, a real tree for like seven years, and then like three years ago, we found a good deal on one at Lowe's, and we so we used it for three years, and I think next year we may go back to real. But what about you, Gordon? Yeah, we've just got like a little one. Oh, okay. It's just a humbug. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, no kids. Know, for, well, for um, us, you know, part of the the fun, and this is even before we had kids. Part of the fun is going out and picking it, finding it, you know, and uh, um, we we like the way it smells. Felling it. 
Yeah, we like the way it smells. Sell it yourself. If you you cut it down. No, uh, at Griffin's, fine supplier of uh, Fraser fir trees on Broadway Road at NC42. (laughs) (laughs) um, Noah's Arcade. (laughs) They'll saw off, you know, they'll saw off um, the bottom limbs for you. Um, If you bring your stand, they'll they'll center it in the stand. But they have one of those machines where they um, they stick it through and, and it ties it up, I guess. And then they they put it on a a little like boat motor and it, you know, shakes it until all the loose needles fall out. So by the time it get home, it gets home, it's uh, a shell it's, of its former self. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's freshly cut. And if you have a good one, then the needles stay on it for a good four to five weeks before you have to throw it out. So they're good. Uh-huh.